Thank you, Jesus. You know, I, I don't know, I, many of you know, but for years, 45 years, as a matter of fact, I was a deputy sheriff. And I wasn't a deputy sheriff because I took an oath and swore into office that wherever I went, whatever I did, I would lose. I took an oath that I would uphold the law, and I believed I could. One day I was a printer. The next day I swore in as a deputy sheriff. And you know the next day when I swore in as a deputy I was sent into bar fights. I was sent into situations I would never go in as a printer because they'd beat the snot out of me. And, and I, would, I would get beat up. I would do it. But you know, when I became a deputy sheriff, I realized I have a badge. And behind this badge is the power of everybody in Indianapolis, Indiana. And if we need to, we can call out the Indiana National Guard. And if that's not, not enough, we can call out the federal troops. Do you know who you are in Christ? You're about, about two or three years ago. I, I'll just tell you one situation. Two or three years ago, uh, I don't, I don't know how or why it started, but I'm driving down the road one day, and and this feeling come over me, and I couldn't say anything to Pam, but it happened so fast. But for the next hour, hour and a half, I didn't know who I was, where I was. I didn't remember nothing. I was I was out. She was riding in the car, so she told me what to, she said. She told me to pull over or do this, and I did it. But that would come back on me several times. I remember I was at Disney in my trailer. And I was getting ready to go in my trailer, and I reached for the door handle, and this feeling come on me, and I knew, I knew what was going to happen, but had, by the time I knew it, I couldn't say anything, and she opened the door, and she seen me, and she knew what was going. But I went to the hospital, I went places, they couldn't find out what was wrong, but we prayed, and it went for two years, but we prayed, and I didn't quit praying. And, and it's left and it's been three or four years now or whatever it's been. But I want you to tell you, I wouldn't be behind this pulpit if I didn't believe every one of you has facing something that you want to get out of and God's got the answer. Amen. And if I can say something tonight, if Pam can sing a song tonight, if we can get a, convey it to you that you win, not the devil. And so tonight, <clears throat> back home I would preach this for about a month, but tonight I'm kind of limited. So we're going to attempt to get the basis of it. How to get a miracle from God and keep it. How to get a miracle from God and keep it. I worked with Kenneth Copeland, Benny Hinn, Billy Burke, many people. And I have seen people in services have miracles. They'll walk, they'll get out of a wheelchair, or they'll do everything. And, and thank God for the ones who walk on out and stay out. But I've seen people that have a miracle that night. And you get a hold of them tomorrow or a week from then, and they lose it. See, it's important that you get your miracle and you keep it. Hallelujah. I want to start out with Mark 10, 46 through 52, the King James Version. And they came to Jericho, and as Jesus went out of Jericho with his disciple, a great number of people, blind Martabaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the wayside begging. Maybe you've been sitting by the wayside. Maybe you've been begging. Maybe you've been praying. Maybe you haven't seen your need met. But Jesus has come your way. Glory to God. And when he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, the son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. In other words, many of them said, be quiet. Don't talk. Shut up. And maybe, maybe, People around you, maybe it's the devil telling you, be quiet and shut up. 
And remember, they told many of them, told him to be quiet, but shut up. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Bid good comfort, arise, he calls you. And the people told him to shut up. All of a sudden, when they seen Jesus, said, Come on, come on, come on, get up, he's gone for you. You know, when you're losing, you don't hear a lot of crowd from the success crowd. But when all of a sudden Jesus moves in your life, there'll be a lot of people want to jump on board your life and attach themselves to you. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What will thou have me do? Or what should I do for you? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go your way, your faith has made you whole, and immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus. If I can just encourage you just as, just get a little bit of a glimpse of the light and the power of God into your life, you can get up and you can walk out. It's not easy sometimes. We live in a world that, you remember when Jesus created the world, the, world, the earth and everything? There was no problem until Satan got involved in the, in the problem. And there's no problems in your life except Satan. But we have to draw upon the power, the knowledge, the commitment. we got to live this thing God has told us about, but the devil doesn't have the final say. You do. John uh, 20.30 says uh, that Jesus, many other signs tr- uh, did Jesus truly in the presence of his disciples, which are not written here. Jesus didn't just heal blind Bartimaeus. He did many things that are not wrote down in the Bible. Now, listen, if others could get a miracle from God, if, if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego won't go through the fiery furnace, if Jesus went and healed uh, Lazarus, brought him out of the grave, if Jesus healed anybody else, he can do it and he will do it for you. But we got to understand something. <clears throat> God, Jesus, is no respecter of person. Years ago when I started on the sheriff's department, I was trained and taught how to seek out, find criminals and arrest them and put them in jail. The last three years of my life, I was assigned to the chaplain's department. Now, all of a sudden, my job is to find the people who I used to put in jail and try to do this now and now my job is to get them saved and get them rescued from that life. And that's what we should be to one another. Every one of you has enough power in you to create a, a God-given miracle in somebody that you see that comes up to you. Will they hear what you have to say? Will they see what you are doing? But you have the authority. You have the power. God's no respecter people. He told his 12 disciples, go out into all the world, preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick, heal them. Whatever you ask in the Father's name, he will do it. We're not limited to a healing crusade. We're not healing to this individual, that individual. Um, We're under the instructions of God, and he wants us to be doers of the word, not just hearers. Peter said in Acts um, 1034, of a truth I perceive, God is no respecter of person. So why sit around here begging when you can have a miracle? Why sit around crying and moaning when God will move in your life? Obviously, many times, do you know 
when people used to call the sheriff's department, independent of where I was, um, uh, a matter of fact, probably most of you know this, but one of my uh, uh, situations in my life is, uh, you know, you're traffic, you're, you're a traffic cop. And I seen this lady right here. She was driving about 2 o'clock in the morning. I didn't know her speed until I got behind her clock, but she was running 80 mile an hour in a 40 mile an hour zone. Well, I made the streets safe. I pulled her over. And obviously, I, I knew right away I was going to have mercy. Uh, I wrote her a warning ticket. I asked her, I said, what would you do if I wrote you a ticket? Well, she would be sitting here today, she said. So, But God is a God of mercy and a grace. Just because he created you and he sees you, he likes you. He doesn't like what the devil does. He likes you. So we need to quit begging God as if he doesn't know who we are. We need to quit... Uh, uh, crying out and start believing he does like me. He does want to do something for me. Whether or not you get a miracle many times is determined about what you hear or been hearing or seeing Jesus. See, if you watch um, television all the time, next time you need to get healed, you've probably got more faith in your TV than you do in the Bible if you ain't been reading it. One of the reasons I love to run around with Christians, and not just all, sometimes I, I know Christians, I can get around them, and I'll be down in the dumps more than after I was around them than, than before. But I like to get around people who love God. I like to get around people who've been reading the Bible, and maybe I'll have a sour word or discouraging word, but they'll, they'll say, God loves you. He cares about you. Greater is He that's in you than who, who's been tormenting you. I like to run about people like that. Because sometimes I am tired, I am weak, sometimes I need a word of encouragement. And I'll tell you right here now, I don't care what you're going through tonight, if you'll believe it, tonight will be your night of a miracle. I assure you, tonight will be your night. Now, what, 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 what do you mean, Pastor? What will be my uh, miracle tonight? Well, it's whatever you need, whatever you believe for, but maybe you'll take a baby step, and tomorrow you'll take two, and the next day three, or maybe tonight you'll get your instantaneous miracle from God. But if you'll believe it tonight, and you gotta expect it, and what, see, what you expect creates motivation in your life. I will, I'll tell you this, uh, I was so lonely, I was miserable, I thought the good times have ended for me, and there would be no future until I met her, and all of a sudden, when I met her, seen her sitting in that car that night, I inst- instantly, my, my, uh, I encouraged myself, my eyes encouraged me, my, and said, hey, maybe you won't be lonely tomorrow. And I, I, it was a long thing. I, I stuck with it. One night a deputy rode with me, and I seen her stop and talk to her, and, uh, I asked her out again, and she said no again several times. Matter of fact, the deputy was riding with me, who was new, he wasn't interested in my, uh, daily life. He wanted to go out and get, face crime and do this stuff. And so when I drove away, he said, do you know how many times you asked that girl out? I said, no, I wasn't counting. He said, well, I was. You asked her out 46 times, and she said no. He said, don't you have any pride? And I said, not to when it comes to getting what I want. And see, that's where you ought to be with the devil. 
devil. I don't have any pride as far as it is with you. I, I'm going to I'm going to gnaw your head off. I'm going to scream in your ear. I'm going to poke you in your eye. I'm, I'm going to make your life miserable until I walk, until I get healed, until my finances turn around, until my children come. Devil, you're going to hate to open my door anymore. When you get through with me, you're going to want to go back to where you came from. But we got to make him miserable. Hallelujah. Praise God. <clears throat> if you don't know Jesus as your healer, you probably won't get healed. If you don't know Jesus as your provider, you probably won't have an increase in your finances. The Bible says in Hosea 4.6, My people are destroyed, anybody? For lack of knowledge. What you don't know can hurt you. So you got to stay around people who, when you're not feeling like you want to be in the Word, i got to get around somebody that is feeling like they get out of the Word. You know one thing? I mean, we celebrated our 50-year uh, anniversary the other day. And this ain't in my notes, but this is just a little bit of wisdom I'm going to give you. When I met her years ago and we got married, you know she did a lot of things that I didn't agree with? Maybe she's cooking and she makes a mess of things, or maybe she's doing that. But she made my life happy. So you know what I learned to do? I don't care what she does that I don't agree with. I'll just pick up the, that part and just, I, I want her to stay like she is. I don't want her to encourage me and put up with me and make my life better. Hallelujah. So anyway, I want to talk to you about eight things you can do to get a miracle from God. And as I say, this is generally a, a month service at back in my church in years ago. So I got to get through it pretty quick here. But eight things you can do to get a miracle from God. And everybody say, I'll do it. I, a little better, I'll do it. Yeah, I like that. Hallelujah. So see, you're, you're bound by your words. Uh, number one, you got to hear about the miracle worker. You know, if you don't hear it, you won't do it. I bought a new car from Ford this year. It's like no other car I've ever owned. I bought the car. I paid for the car. I had to go back so the guy would tell me how it works. There are so many things on cars today that buttons, switches. Pam, right now, she come home. She drove the other day, and she said, "You got to show me where the windshield wipers are on this thing." But if you don't hear about it, you're not going to do it. So you got to get saved, or you don't get saved just because God made salvation available to you. You got saved because somebody told you that told you about Jesus. He made salvation to everybody. You know not everyone's going to heaven? Romans 10.14 says, How then shall they call upon Him who they have not believed? How shall uh, they believe in Him and who they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? You're the preacher. Um, I I got news for you. I, I intend to be part of what fills this church up. When I drive down the street down here, I drive all by these houses. I, I would bet, if I was betting, more, more of a sure bet than you go out playing Powerball, if I was betting, I would say a bunch of these people are going to hell. They don't know Jesus. A bunch of them is miserable. Maybe they're going through marital problems or their kids are messed up. But I would, I'd venture to say a bunch of these people need what I've got. So i got to go talk to them. And you know what? Most of the time they don't want to talk to me. But I'll talk to him. When the pastor came, and uh, I was a good heathen, and uh, I found out the my house burned down in Indianapolis, and so a, a pastor at a, at a Baptist church 
came by my house with a box of food and a Bible uh, and introduced himself and told me who he was and invited me to his church. Well, one thing I did right then and there, now that I know who you are, I will never be, uh, I will always be busy when you come. And I was. And he would come to the house sometime, knock on the door, and I'd tell the kids, shut up, get down, hide on the floor. He might look through the windows. Nobody's home. He told me when I got saved, he said, you know, I just about give up on you. I just about, I told the God, that guy's unreachable. But finally I got saved. But, I mean, I would be out cutting my grass. He'd catch me out in the yard. I'm cutting my grass. And he, as soon as I see him pulling the driveway, I'd shut the lawnmower off, put on my hat and say, Pastor, I, 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 you just caught me. I was leaving. He knew better. But I'll tell you what. You, you don't, you're not going to have a miracle if you don't hear about the miracle. The Bible says in Mark 11:23, well, first, uh, Romans 10, 10, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth he declares his salvation. So when you are praying, you got to hear what you're praying. You can't, you can't go out here and, uh, I score on a stack of bubblegum cards or what. you, you got to know the Word of God. What are you doing? So you, with your mouth, uh, with your heart you're believing, but you're talking with your mouth. You're confessing with your mouth. Mark eleven twenty three. 23, I say unto you, whoever shall say to the mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he'll have them. The Bible says in Psalms 100, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Notice, make a noise. I'm not saying, it says a joyful noise. I'm not saying quote the whole Bible tomorrow. I'm not saying quote this. Do you know God just wants us to start hearing a joyful noise, not a discouraging word. He wants to hear noises like, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. I'm God, help me. Please help me. You remember the man who brought his son to Jesus' disciples one time? And, and they didn't, couldn't do nothing. And Jesus said, what's going on here? And he says, Lord, I brought my son to... Uh, he, he throws himself in the fire thing. I brought him to your disciples and they couldn't do anything. And, and Jesus said, well, if you believe... He said, well, I do believe, but help my unbelief. How many of you think... Maybe, I, maybe there's some unbelief I need some help with. How do I get help? Get back into the Word more. Study the Word more. You got to hear about Jesus. You got to cry out to Jesus. You got to make some noise. Hallelujah. Uh, you got to hear about the Lord. You got to cry out. Number three, you got to understand that Satan doesn't want you to make away. He doesn't want you to get involved. He doesn't want you to cause anything to be any different. You know, I believe in doctors. I got a good doctor, and I'll go to my doctor if I pray and I'm not healed. I'll go to my doctor, but I'll never go and not quit believing God. That this is, I, I pray this, this is my last visit. Well, I'll go again. That's all right. But I'm praying and believing for God all the way. Psalms 47.1 says, Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto the God with a voice of triumph and song. That disturbs the devil. That is not Satan's cheerleading. Remember when you went to school, you had a, a, a school song? Have you ever went to school and you, and you went to your, your school's uh, uh, 
uh, maybe a basketball or football game and uh, the score is 40 to nothing and you're losing and your and your cheerleaders get up yay yay hurrah and and you're saying what are you cheering about we we can't win tonight well maybe in school you can't but with God you can hallelujah but God wants you to make a cheerful noise some kind of noise something maybe you know laughter is out of style smiling now out of style but God wants to see a difference he wants to see uh, somebody that believes they can make it again Satan wants you don't uh, Satan wants you to keep quiet don't make waves. Don't cause trouble. If you're not going to talk about his business, Satan says, well, let's just don't say nothing at all. When it becomes clear, real to you, that you've won the desires of your heart, you're going to make some kind of noise. You're going to make some kind of disturbance. I remember, it was, took some time, but I remember when she quit, that was 46 times she said no. I remember when she said yes. There was a little, there was a little bit of shouting, hallelujah. A little bit of excitement in my life. I seen a future. I didn't see all of my children and all the good times I've had, but I sure seen a brighter future. I ain't gonna be poor no more. Hallelujah. Where there's life, there's noise. Have you ever been in a baby? My, I have, my granddaughter, I have four great-grandsons from one or maybe two to five. And I want to tell you, I don't have to wonder if my grandsons are around. I may not see them, uh, but I can sure hear them. And my, my, my one granddaughter from my other daughter came down and was staying one night in uh, and. And, and she stays up pretty late. But anyway, she came out knocking on my front door one, one morning. And uh, she says, oh, no. I said, well, hi, Grace. How you doing? She says, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. I'm going crazy. I can't stand it. I said, what's going on? She says, I'm in there sleeping. I'm tired. I'm in there sleeping. Told Aisha and Bradley, uh, great-grandson. Bradley comes in and says, wake up, Gracie. It's time to wake up. She says, I can't stand to go back there no more. You know, Kids make noises. We need to make some noise. The devil, you know, wake up, devil. Jesus is alive and well. You get off your resting throne. I'm coming after you. Hallelujah. Make some noise. If nothing else, it might give him a stroke just because you haven't been doing it in a while. Uh, but wake him up. Set him on edge. Tell him that Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. But where there's life, there's noise. Is there any noise in your life? Number four, we got to unclutter our lives and get personal or intimate with God. I guarantee you, when Pam said yes, I uncluttered my life. I was up at the crack of dawn. I was calling her before the crack of dawn. I was up late calling her. When I met Pam, I uncluttered my, I had to work 40 hours a week for the sheriff. But other than that, my life, what, you got anything going next week? Not at all. What do you want to do? Next month? Not at all. What do you want? Next year? I ain't got nothing to do the rest of my life. What do you want to do? I uncluttered my life. Now, the Bible says, have mercy on me. God, God loves you. I used to think people that I was arrested. I mean, I, I arrested some weird people. 
I mean, they had all colors of hair. They had all kinds of ideas and clothes and different things. I was a deputy sheriff during the, the uh, bell-bottom, hippie years. I met some strange people. I remember I was out one night in, in the middle of night. I was patrolling the park area, and I pulled up. There's a van sitting here. Lights out in the middle of the road. I walked up, put my hand on and opened the door, and I mean... The marijuana smoke rolled. I mean, there, I couldn't even see in it. So, and so, I, so, okay, you guys get out and quit smoking. Hey, man, how did you know we were smoking? Are you kidding me? They didn't, they couldn't figure out how I, they thought I was a prophet. But, but, see, there's things going on in your life. If you'll take five minutes to analyze it, it's not God that is involved, it's the devil. And you got a right to speak to him and start yelling at him and making some noise and tell him to get out. Hallelujah. Paul told you to fight a good fight. Lay hold on eternal life. Hallelujah. We're everyone here tonight. Everybody goes to church. They believe that. Lay hold on eternal life. But are we fighting a good fight? Laying hold on eternal life Whereunto thou art called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. There's people around you all the time. There's witnesses. If I walked up and I asked them about your life, what kind of testimony would they have about me? You know, there's, I'm, I'm glad they didn't have Facebook and cameras back years ago when I was younger. My life would be out there for about, I'm not happy about a lot of things in the past, but thank God I am trying and I'm achieving more today. When you spend time with the ultimate Savior, when you spend time with God, you're determined to listen to Him. You know, sometimes, have you ever been with a person you go out to eat with them and they're four hours later you come back out and you say, I didn't get a word in edgewise. They talk, I had, I had something to say. Have you ever, I, I'll use an illustration. I was talking to a person one time and they was, they was yang yanging all along. And I sit there and listen to it. And just, just for kicks, I thought this was what it would be, but just for kicks, they were talking about it. I said, hey, did you hear my mother died yesterday? She said, right on, brother, go on. And they didn't even know. They, you could have said anything. They was all wrapped up in self. Sometimes if we'll listen to the pastor, if we'll come to church and expect pastor, I mean, Pastor David and Scarlett, I mean, they are a wealth of information. I sit here and I, I, I go home and say, oh, my Lord, I, I didn't know I'd get this. I, I didn't know I'd get that that night, but I did. And I'm learning constantly. Sometimes if we'll listen, uh, if we'll be intimate and say, God, what do you got for me? They'll be speaking straight to us. Hallelujah. Sure. You are what you take in. You know, if you go down here at Hale's Bakery and eat there every night, all you can eat. In about a month, I'll be able to tell where you've been. I won't know maybe there, but I'll be telling where you at. But you are what you take in. So when the chips are down, you find yourself believing or listening to the one who can do the best for you. I'll be able to tell because I'll see change in your life. I can see, I can witness an expectation in a person's life. I can be around my kids because I'm around them a lot, and that's the same thing with you and I and God. He's around us. He can see change in our lives. It don't take a whole lot. But we need to unclutter our life. We live in our 
our cell phones. I do. My daughter preached an incredible message the other day. I said, it's amazing. I'm sitting under my daughter and I'm saying, God, I got a daughter and she's teaching me things. But she preached a message incredible the other night. I went out to a restaurant and Pam and I were looking at some people over at the next table, four of them. And they're sitting there. The food's in front of them, but all four of them was on their phones. Uh, great fellowship, huh? Hallelujah. That's sometimes I think what the Lord says. Number five. Be of good comfort. Cheer up. Cheer up. I used to love a song that was on the uh, radio. I think Anita Bryce. I don't remember who said, I was raised on country sunshine. Just a smiling, bright, happy day. We need to cheer up. Nehemiah 8.10, half, the end half of it says, Be not grieved and depressed, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, why do you suppose God put that? Be not grieved and depressed. Why do you suppose he put that? Because we have an opportunity to do that. Be not grieved and depressed, for the joy of the Lord is your strength and stronghold. Hallelujah. Mike Murdoch, when I was with him, had a message. He preached, tired eyes rarely see a good future. Tired eyes. You know, when you're tired, don't make lifetime decisions on the spur of the moment. They can be wrong. Mike Murdock also said, failure will only last as long as you permit it. I guarantee you, God didn't vote for it. Well, it's this way, it's that way. You know, I would rather be believing I win, live my life through and and see the Lord say what happened, then they'll live my life saying, I can't win. You can win. I want you to understand here, there are people, what, what you got there are people who can give anything to be where you are tonight. The Bible says, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth to the bones. I like to be around happy people. That's why sometimes I sometimes I can't stand myself. I, there's nobody that depresses me more than me. And thank God He gave me this one who here who knows that, <laughs> and, and and uses her faith to get me out of that mood. Hallelujah. Number seven. <clears throat> no, it's generally. Your personal faith that will determine your outcome. I know people blame everything in their life on their wife or their husband or somebody in life. Everything's somebody else's fault. But know this, generally, it's your personal faith that determines your outcome. You might say, I don't have any faith. Well, maybe you haven't been reading the Bible lately. Maybe you haven't been listening to tapes. Maybe you haven't been going to church. You haven't been been feeding on the Word of God. There's no shortcuts to this thing. You got to build your own faith. You got to reach down inside of you and pull out what you didn't know was there. You know, there's many people that have been in situations that they've sat around and endured this and endured that, but they see their kid or something uh, all of a sudden 
move it into a tragedy. And they jump out there, do everything, and they do things they never even dreamed possible. I know many people, when I was on the road, the bad, bad accidents. Many people, when I was there, had to be cut out of their automobiles or, or uh, something lifted off them. But there were times when people was involved in a situation and someone just got out without thinking and lifted the car up and drug somebody out. Normally, they could never do that. But there, there's a hidden power in you. There's a hidden faith that can rise up within you. But you've got to get mad at the devil, and you've got to decide there's nobody around but me. Sometimes you had don't you, you know, my kids, sometimes I had to shut up and sit by, back and, and, and let them go through or do it, because if I did it, they would constantly be coming back and coming back. But they learned that they, they had within them the ability to achieve something. Hallelujah. And you got within you more than the ability. You got the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. You got the Word of God that says, with Christ all things are possible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was watching uh, today in my tube that I go in for two and a half hours a, a day. I was watching uh, Shuri Temple. I think it was Heidi. And Heidi went into this house with a, the, the, to kind of be a friend of this girl that was in a wheelchair. And uh, uh, Heidi says, what are you in that chair for? Uh, and, she, and Heidi felt her legs and said, they, they're just like mine and all this. And everything. she says, you're just like mine? Get up off. She says, I can't. And uh, Heidi says, Lean on me. You can do it. Lean on me. Make a long story short. Christmas Eve, the father come home and the young girl got out of her chair and walked. But the person who was watching her kept her. Don't get up. Take it easy. You don't strain yourself. Don't stress yourself. Well, guess who is talking when someone says that? There is a time that you, you want to be careful. But the devil tells you, don't expect too much. Don't get too excited. What if you believe all of your life? And nothing happens. Or what if you believe and you get up out of your situation? What if your finances turn around? What if your children come back to God? What if things go the way God said instead of the way the devil is saying? Stand up and believe for the God to show up on, on his schedule, on his timing. I don't know if you know it or not, but Jimmy Houston, the fishing guy, his wife had a stroke about two weeks ago. And he has been standing in front of the camera asking for a prayer, which is getting millions maybe. But he said, you know what, I'm up there. He says, people, I want to tell you right now, I go in and I hold my wife's hand. One side of her body can't move. But he says, when I first got there, she couldn't get out of bed there. She said, he says, and I go in and I kiss her. He says, you know what, you know what? Now she's kissing me back. It ain't the kiss of a lifetime. It's going to get better. But she's kissing me back. Praise the Lord. I'm holding her hand and she's squeezing my hand. A little bit. He is so excited. He said, I told the Lord, Lord, I'll take her back anyway, but I am believing you're going to heal her. I am believing she's going to be totally healed and she's going to be back out on her property with a deer and all that. That's what you need to do. Maybe you've been in your corner that the devil's pushed you in so long that you can't believe there's another corner, but there's victory. Hello. If your faith if you don't have faith, maybe you're, maybe you would think, well, it's, when I was home, mom had faith, or my husband has, or my wife, or my pastor, or that. It's your faith. God will grant me to have my mother take care of me, but He doesn't expect that to be her lifetime job. 
there should come a time I take care of mom. Hallelujah. It's your faith that's going to turn this thing around. Your faith is going to make a joyful noise. Your faith is going to make a noise the devil can't stand, that he wants to plug his ears up. He wants to get out of your house, get away from your car, never come to your place. It's your faith that's going to torment him, or should be. Hallelujah. James 1, 2, King James Version says, My brother, count it all joy when you fall into different temptations. Why did God put that? I was love reading the Bible until I got to that verse. Count it all joy. Now, now just, just let me ask you this. You're, you're looking yourself in the mirror. You know, you, you know, you, you don't always look as good when you're home as you do tonight. But you're looking in the mirror and you're doing pretty good. And then he says, count it all joy when I fall into different temptations. That's not a verse that you've got and the banners and pom-poms and, and, and dance around. But he said, count, count it all joy. That, and that's what I'm shooting for. Cause there's a lot of things I don't count joy. But I'm shooting for this. Imagine what we could do when we're in the middle of temptation if we're full of joy there. Imagine, imagine what we can do. We're in the presence of people that, uh, 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 the temptation that we just bless them, encourage them. Know this, that the trying of your faith works patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect, entire, wanting nothing. Wanting nothing. That means my billfold. It's got money in it. That means my body can get up and run uh, and do what it wants to do today. That, that means my family's together. That means I, my employment is going good. I can be entire and wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God that give it to all men liberally, upbraiding not, and it shall be given to him. See, there's no, there's no excuse for being dumb. God, God will give me what I need. He'll give me the wisdom I need. But let him ask in faith, not wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of a sea driven, uh, with the wind and tossed. Well, I can have the things of God, but you know it's going to take it. It's easy to sit in front of the television with a clicker and watch whatever. You know how many people, uh, I know I've done this, and I probably do it too much. You know how many people sit and watch something, uh, pay me walk in and say, what are you watching? I don't know. Well, what are you watching it for? Because I'd have to push this clicker to quit watching. <laughs> we we got, I mean, we got every convenience. Like I said, my car, I got things. My daughter got a car now. I don't know if you got one, but she got a car. She just found this out yesterday. She pushes a button and it'll park itself. Uh, we've got every convenience there is possible. Number seven, know that generally it is your personal responsibility. Well, that's, excuse me, number, number eight. Let me turn it to this last one. Well, what's it up? Must have threw number eight away. I think, let me go one, one other place. Well, let's just stop with that today. 
But I want to encourage you. I am here tonight. I will be as long as I am here in life. As long as I am involved in that person's life. I want when I leave their presence to say, you know what? I've done a little better today than I did yesterday. I believe a little more today than I did believe yesterday. I can do some things I've not done before. I can make a world a better place. Hallelujah. Every time I come here, Pastor David and Scarlett make my world and my place a better place. And I'll tell you what, I and like Pastor David and Scarlett, they've been around a bit. But you know, if I get sit with you long enough, everybody we met, if we listen more than we talk, we can learn something. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, I thank you for this day. I pray for every individual that's in this place tonight. Lord, you know what's in them. You know what? Maybe maybe they had a dream, a desire. Maybe it's been when they was a kid. They've forgotten about it, matter of fact. But you haven't. I pray right now tonight that everybody within the sound of my voice, Holy Spirit, do what you do so well. Bring to remembrance that which is of God and have that which is of the devil by just pass away. I pray for everyone that's here. I pray for their body physically that healing would come forth. I speak for healing to come out. I speak to everybody's body, to the bone, the nerves, the tendons, the blood, the, the, the complete chemistry makeup to respond to the power in the Word of God. I call forth finances. I call for Families to be put back together for Jesus to become Lord of lives, for people to get saved. I curse you, Satan, every devil that serves you. I bind you in Jesus' name. Satan, you will not go any further. You will not have your way. It will be God's way. I believe that everyone in here, I believe everyone within my sound of my voice will start making a noise for God instead of a complaining for the devil. I pray we will achieve great and mighty things. Everything that the Word has been wrote, everything Jesus said that belongs to us, we're taking it back. Satan let go, we're taking it back in Jesus' name. We will have the best. We will have God's perfect will in our life. Anything else, God, is not your perfect will, help remove it from us so that we will be vessels of honor. As we ask it, we thank you for that in Jesus' name.